If you want to get a sneak peek into a day in the life of a teacher and speaker at a big outdoor show like Festival of Quilts at Heritage Park in Calgary, then you'll love this episode. This is unusual because it's a lot about me, but I can't wait to also share the details on this lovely 600 plus quilt outdoor event and something surprised me along the way, so you'll learn about that too. So let's get started. And welcome to the Quilter on Fire podcast, where I explore the stories, the connections, and the joy of guests in the quilting world that will bring you more joy and less overwhelm. I'm your host, Brandy Maslowski, also known as the Quilter on Fire, and I can't wait to share this week's episode with you. So here we go. My guests today are a whole bunch of wonderful people brave enough to step up to the mic at an outdoor quilt show, ranging from quilters to organizers and vendors. You'll even hear a story about my visit to the costume warehouse, which was an absolute highlight for me. But first, let's get into the story of my invitation to be the featured teacher and speaker at Heritage Park. It all started with an email inviting me to a Zoom chat with Norma Christie. She is the Director of Programs for the Festival of Quilts Committee. As usual, she inquired about my availability, my quilts, my workshops and trunk show, but there was a bit of an air of excitement that just made me feel on top of the world. Throughout our conversations, I realized that this was not a virtual lecture or a quilting guild. This was a major annual event. And after the final confirmation that I was their choice for 2023, I was dancing around the house. From the first chat on Zoom, right down to every planned detail during the event, Norma was at my side. So let me tell you a bit about the show. There were over 600 quilts in this show. It was massive and laid out on a heritage site like I have never seen before. There were quilts of all kinds and sizes displayed across fields, in tents, on porches, and over railings of iconic historical buildings like the Wainwright Hotel. Today, you'll hear stories about special events, the quilter of distinction, Karen King, and even my visit to the office of the director of the Costume Museum, which was 10 times bigger than I expected. It is such an integral part of Heritage Park. I arrived in Calgary late Wednesday evening and started the event with two full days of workshops. The students were wonderful and their results blew me away. Be sure to check out Quilter on Fire on Instagram and Facebook to see reels and stories of the students' work. And speaking of all the socials, I'm always so astonished at the number of people who listen into this podcast and engage with me on social media. I love you guys, and I'm so glad you're here. I had over 17,000 people listen in to the Tula Pink episodes. If you didn't do that, please go back and find those because they are a must-listen-to content. But do you know where else you can get loads of value and be in the know so you don't miss a thing? It's my email list. I send an email about the podcast every single Tuesday, and you'll be the first to know about where I am in the world and anything new happening with the Quilter on Fire. There are so many little tidbits of value, so stop listening right now. Go to my website, scroll to the bottom of my homepage, and sign yourself up for a weekly dose of quilting joy. I'm not kidding. 
go do it right now. I'll wait. Pause now and get on the list. Okay, now that that little important detail to connect with me and everything I offer is out of the way, let's get back to the show. Here's one more fun way you can see all of the student work anytime I teach my Glorious and Free or Colorways workshops. Go to Pinterest and search Quilter on Fire. You'll see all of my boards, including Glorious and Free and Colorways. There are hundreds of examples by students to inspire you to get creative. So go check it out. On the Friday of the quilt show, after two full days of teaching, the committee gave me two full hours of downtime before my lecture. It was glorious. I'm telling you, if you are hosting a speaker, this is the way to treat them well. I had a nap, I had a shower, I got all dolled up and reviewed my lecture notes. I was perfectly refreshed and ready for the main event. I need to insert a huge thank you here to the organizing committee for the incredible work they put into the show and the thoughtfulness with which they care for their teacher and speaker. I felt like royalty all weekend. And I can't let this moment go by without letting you know that if you have an annual quilt show, Zoom event, or featured speaker each year at your guild, I would be honored to be considered for your event. Please reach out to me anytime at brandy at quilteronfire.com. I have a work visa, so I am eligible to teach, speak, and judge in Canada and also the USA. I have done hundreds of workshops and lectures, especially on Zoom over the last three years, but my trunk show is all new. I just rewrote the entire thing on a retreat with my Bessie with some newly added modern quilts and a few life lessons along the way. After the teaching and lecture Thursday and Friday, I was excited for the rest of the weekend to be able to roam the quilt show, and I podcasted on the bandstand for a few hours each day, and I met the business owners in the vendor's marketplace. So let's get started with the few people who sat down with me for a chat at the Heritage Park Didsbury Bandstand, which I kept calling the Grandstand for some reason, which made it sound like I was trying to be important or something. But here's how it went. Okay, so we are here at the Festival of Quilts at Heritage Park in Calgary, and I am so excited to be podcasting here, recording this. We're having so much fun. So I have a special guest here in the sort of bandstand where we are. So what is your name? My name is Karima Dawood, and I'm from Richmond Hill, Ontario. And I am so excited to meet you because you almost danced up the stairs to meet me. So, I, I mean, how did you know about me? I was listening to one of your podcasts, as always. I love listening to you, and that's where I found out you were going to be in Calgary. Oh, well, I am so excited to meet you. So tell me a little bit about the wine bottle bags that you've been loving to make. Oh, they're so easy to make, and they are so much fun to make, and all the people who receive it, they love it. They really think this is a nice gift they ever receive with a wine bottle. Oh, that is so sweet. So if you're interested in making this wine bottle bag, it is a free pattern on my website at quilteronfire.com. It is such a pleasure to meet you. So this is your first day at the show today, the outdoor show. So what kind of things do you like the most about the heritage show first and foremost the quilts are all all so so beautiful so inspiring to me and the best part is i found brandy oh that is so sweet okay now i want to ask you a little question because you also know a friend of mine called laura koya so where did you meet her i have not met her but i do 
uh, very, very sincerely watch all her YouTubes and often make one of the items she teaches that are easy for me. <laughs> yeah, Laura Koya is so very easy on YouTube and her videos are amazing. She does everything, not just quilting. She does sewing, stitching, quilting, and everything she does is so very easy. She's so lovely to watch. Thank you so much for stopping by the bandstand to chat with me today. Thank you so much for having me and I'm so glad I finally met you, Brandy. Love your podcast. Aww, thank you so much. <laughs> Come on by and say hello at the bandstand. We are doing some podcasting today for the Quilter on Fire podcast. And I have another lovely quilter in the bandstand. So what is your name? I am Tiffany and I'm the Quilted Pickle. My mom and I have a mother-daughter team. And yeah, we're excited. We thought we'd stop by and say hi to Brandy. We love Quilter on Fire. And we're very excited to see all the quilts today at Heritage Park. Yeah, and you have a few friends, family with you. Who do you have with you? Yeah, my best friend Amanda, her daughter Alice, and my little girl Gracie. This oh. is not her first quilt show. Oh. This is her second. Hi, Alice. Hi, Gracie. Nice to meet you. Now, I'm really excited to talk to you about Quilted Pickle. I have never heard of that before, so tell me what kind of things you do in your business. Uh, the Quilted Pickle, we are a long-arming business, and we have a, a retreat that we do at least once a year. Uh, we're, we have a huge wait list, so we have a lot of fun, and yeah. That sounds so good. Now, I love retreats, so tell us a little bit about the retreat. What time of year is it, and where can they go online to find out more if they want to book themselves into the retreat in the future? So we have a retreat in, we call it Nowhere, so it's Lusana. It's a very small little village just east of Red Deer, and we have it so the ladies can bring their camper in the parking lot, and we go from Friday, all day Friday, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday. We do a poor boy style, so we have um, everybody is in charge of helping with one meal and we have 21 ladies this year we do have a wait list but if you want to join our wait list you can always check our Facebook page or our Instagram the quilt to pickle yeah and I understand we have a mutual friend in Tracy yeah, so Tracy. how do you know Tracy oh she is a very good friend of my mom's and um, she owns purple cats she's online now yeah. and yeah she's a great friend of ours we I buy lots of my tulip pink fabric from her and yeah Yes, I've had Tracy on the podcast, and she's the biggest Tula fan I know. Yes. Okay, so let's just remind everyone again, what is your name, and where are you from, and the name of your business? I'm Tiffany Therian, and my mom is Wendy. We're from east of Red Deer, uh, Delburn and Lusana, and we are the Quilted Pickle. The Quilted Pickle. Okay, and one more thing, where can we find you on social media? Facebook or Instagram. Okay, and so it's just the Quilted Pickle. You bet. Easy as that. Well, thank you so much for coming by at the bandstand and chatting with me on the podcast. Thanks, Brandy. So we are here in the bandstand with some lovely children. Can you tell me what your name is? Hoxie Belkey. Hoxie, and what's your name? Cordelia Belkey. Hoxie and Cordelia. It is so nice to meet both of you. So is this your first time at Heritage Park for the quilt show? Yes. Yes. Yes, okay. Well, I'm so glad that you're here today. So can you tell me, have you guys ever done arts and crafts or made a quilt before? Uh, yeah, we have. I've made three quilts. Um, and this is my first quilt. Wow, your first quilt, and you have made three quilts. What's so lovely to meet you. Now, I have a special surprise for you. When kids stop by 
I really love to give you my picture book. Would you guys like to have my picture book? This is a picture book. It's a true story about Christy's quilt. So Christy is a girl who was 12 years old and she was at my quilting retreat one time. We had 50 women at this quilting retreat. We were all quilting and Christy used to walk through and always look at our quilts every year because she was the daughter of the people who owned the lodge. And then one year, she showed up with her sewing machine and she was ready to make her first quilt. So I wrote a book about it. So let's go over there and grab a book off the table. Go ahead and grab a book off the table. And what we're going to do is I'm going to sign it for you. And I'll put your names in it. And you guys can read that tonight. Okay, I am so excited. I have Dolores in the house. I'm so excited to meet you. Thank you so much for advertising on the podcast in the past. So tell me your full name and where do you live? Hi, Brandy. I am Dolores Schilling, and I'm from Lethbridge, Alberta. And I am so delighted to have you as a supporter of the podcast. Thank you for advertising. And tell me a little bit about your business. What do you do for quilters? For my quilters, I can do whatever you would like to do, whether it's creating or quilting or helping you finish. I can do anything from start to the end. Yeah, and your advertisement was so delightful. It talked all about what you do, but you cater to the quilter. You have what they want in mind, right? Yeah. So you can do everything from edge to edge to custom design, anything that they need. Exactly, that's correct. I focus on the custom quilting and what the customer actually wants. So lots of times people want edge to edge, but a little bit of something here or there. I love doing that. Yeah, and not only do you do local quilts, people can send you stuff right as well. So how does that work? If you want to send your quilts to me, I take them from anywhere in Canada and you just mail it in to me. We work it out from there. Okay, so what's your favorite part about the Festival of Quilts? My favorite part is actually touring around and seeing all the different quilts. People have to stop being afraid of showing their work because whatever you've done is awesome and we want to see it. Yeah, there are glorious quilts in this show, outdoors and indoors and beginners and experts and there are quilts of valor and there are challenges from last year. There's so many wonderful quilts in this show. Now, I want to ask you, where can we reach you, find you online and connect with you if someone's interested in having their quilt quilted by you? Thank you, Brandy. I can be found at A Quilt by Dolores at Gmail, on Facebook, I'm on Etsy, I'm on Instagram. Okay, thank you so much for stopping by the bandstand. It's so nice to meet you in person. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Brandy. Okay, here we are for the Quilter on Fire podcast with another lovely guest. So tell me your name. My name is Dina Kubota. It's such a pleasure to meet you. So when the quilt challenge blocks are a really cool thing. So you go up to the info booth and you purchase a quilt challenge block. And how does it work? Okay, so you're correct. You, you buy a kit and it comes with information, instructions, as well as the fabric. And it's usually very specific as to the theme and the size, and sometimes there's some hints about which fabric should be in the background or, or not, and how many additional fabrics you could use. So there are criteria to follow, and that's what makes it a challenge. And then you create your block based on that information and submit it, and then you come back the next year and you see if it's in the quilt. Right, and so I understand that you did well, so tell us about that. Yes, this last year I made a block that placed fourth. So I haven't seen the overall quilt yet. That's my next stop. Ah, so that is so exciting. So your block made it into the quilt and you're going to go check it out. Okay, so I also absolutely have to talk to you about your outfit and your bag. So you are into thrifting and upcycling. So tell me about your gorgeous quilty dress. 
The dress came from a thrift store and it's something that I would have made, but I found it, it fit. So why remake something that's already been done? I know, and I was up on stage, and you walked up, and I thought, oh my goodness, I hope she will come up and have an interview with me, because she is literally a walking quilt that is so adorable. So tell me about your bag as well. The bag is super cool. I found it in Italy, and I walked by a storefront, and I saw it there, and it's kind of patchwork with leather and denim, and I'm really big into upcycling, yeah. and one of the things that I like to use is denim. So when I saw that this other artist was making something that I would have made or would have liked to have made, I bought it on the spot. So can you tell me, what is your favorite part about the show at Heritage Park? Okay, lots of really cool parts. Uh, the favorite part is maybe just the inspiration that I walk away with. I take a lot of photos while I'm here, and I kind of mesh some of them together and come up with something that might be my own, or even just to see how people are pushing the boundaries, to see what's new out there. Yeah, absolutely the inspiration. Yeah. And I saw when you walked up that Norma did tuck a new little kit into your bag, so you're going to get ready to do a block again for next year? I am. I haven't read the instructions yet, but I know it's a different theme, so we'll, we'll take it on. We'll go and have fun. Enjoy seeing your block in the quilt. And thank you so much for stopping by to have a chat with me today. Uh, it was my pleasure. It's been a surprise and a pleasure, but thank you. You're welcome. Can you tell us your first and last name? Hi, I'm Margaret Jessup from Calgary. Okay, and I know you, Margaret, because we are both a member of the Fiber Art Network of Western Canada. So it's such a delight to see you here today. So can you tell us what type of a quilter are you? What do you like to do? Oh, um, mine are pretty colorful quilts. I tend to do portraits, landscapes, abstract. I prefer doing my own stuff, and but I'll do the odd pattern from time to time. And I understand that in the past, at this very show, you have been chosen as Quilter of Distinction. So what did it feel like when they reached out to you and let you know that they, wanted, they were considering you? That was such an honor. Uh, I was the 21st Quilter of Distinction, and you're kind of shocked when you get picked. And they choose you in the summer, so you know for a year and you can't tell anyone. So, And then suddenly you're famous for another year or two, and you visit every guild in the town, and it's, it's pretty exciting. So I've, I've met so many people. It's been quite a wonderful experience. Okay, and how did it go when you, we put all your quilts up and you walked into that room? How did it feel? Well, that's pretty exciting. I had 40 quilts in the Canmore Opera House, and and they put your old quilts and your new quilts, and it's really quite fun, And but then your mouth hurts from smiling for two days, so it's kind of fun. It's really amazing. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk for a minute about the Fiber Art Network, because we are at a glorious quilt show, and we're looking at all the quilts. There's a whole range here from traditional to scrappy to modern quilts. There's all kinds of art quilts here as well. But the Fiber Art Network, let's talk about that. So it's a Western Canadian organization. We both belong to it. Um, but, but how does that bring you value as a quilter? Oh, I'm blown away by those people. They're very inspiring I feel like I'm just starting when I go and see some of the stuff there. The conferences are so, your head is so full with so much information and ideas and techniques and wonderful friendship. I, when I went to my first conference, I thought, oh, I found my people. So yeah, yeah. it's quite, oh, 
Yeah, absolutely. I remember early on as a fiber artist, 30 years ago, feeling like I don't really belong to a traditional quilting guild. And I've come over the years to love traditional quilting and modern. Um, but being a member of the Fiber Art Network, and when we say Western Canada, we're talking about Manitoba to the West Coast. So there are and members. Yukon. Yeah, and Yukon, right. So there's a lot of members. Um, but it really, it is an organization of mentors, right? And it's mm -hmm. people that we just love. So I'm so excited to bump into you t here today. I'm glad that you came by to say hello. Thank you so much for sharing some bits of your story today. Oh, thanks, Brandy. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, can you tell me your name? My name is Melanie Dyke. Melanie, it is such a pleasure to meet you. And are you a quilter? Yes, I am. What kind of quilting would you love to do? I like to do a lot of variety, um, mostly traditional and scrappy. Yeah, and I understand that you love scrapping quilting. So who do you do scrapping quilting with at home? I actually belong to a whole bunch of different groups. I belong to three different guilds. Langley Guild in Langley, BC. Fraser Valley Guild in Delta, BC. And Peace Arts Quilting in Crescent Beach, BC. And then I also help run um, a quilting weekend for two different groups with a friend of mine, which is about 18 of us that meet once a month, so alternating months. And then I I go to a bunch of different other groups, so I'm sewing almost every day. Yeah, and I love this topic of guilds. So can you tell us, what does it mean to you to belong to a guild? What do you get from that? That is my absolute favorite question. I think that being part of a group of ladies or men that are expressing themselves through quilting, you get to learn different little techniques because somebody's always got something. You can always learn. I've been doing this now for almost 12 years um, and I didn't sew at all before. Um, but you learn so much. You've always got instant friends. You've got people to go to other shows with and look at stuff and get inspired or do a mystery quilt together. And it just gives you that sense of belonging in a group. The Langley Guild that I belong to, before COVID, we were at almost 300 people. The Peace Arch, which I just joined, tops off at 80. My little quilting weekends that I do, 16 to 18 of us. And so you get to know those ladies on a different level, a little more intimate. You get to know their families. You get to know their friends. You've got an instant family. So if you're going through a tough time, I just went through a breakup. And so having that group of women to support, you know, it was, it was great. It's just you've got family that is not your family. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. So over the last 12 years, as you've been a quilter, you've literally surrounded yourself. Oh, and we can hear the train in the background. Yeah. You've literally surrounded yourself with a circle of friends, right? Yes, I have. I tell everybody, join a guild. It helps you get a group of women or a group of people, and you can share stuff with you can learn new techniques. It just gives you so much more inspiration. It doesn't matter how many times or how long you've been quilting. You can always learn something or always be inspired by something. Well, and you, just walking around Heritage Park, the whole park is just packed with quilts. They are on balconies. They are in the homes. They are all through the field. Yes. There's even a vendor wall. So what is your favorite part about the Heritage Show? I think it's the variety of quilts and the way that they're presented. Coming here and seeing the, the way that they hang them, the way that you can walk up and over that hill and you see a field of quilts is just the one time everybody was doing those great big um, elephants, I think they were, and you walked over the, the, the hill and there was just a field of these big elephant faces. And it was like, like stunning, like you just sort of went, 
Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, it's so nice to see all the different types of books. Well, it has been so nice to have you on the podcast. Thank you for stopping by to share part of your story. I am so excited to be here and so excited to meet you. It's so nice to meet you too. And be sure to listen in this Tuesday to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Okay, we are here again with another lovely quilter in the bandstand. And tell me your name. Sandra Hand. Sandra, and where are you from? Calgary. Calgary, Alberta. And we are here at the Festival of Quilt Heritage Park. So what have you been doing the last couple of days? Well, I took a class with you yesterday, uh, Glorious and Free, and I'm doing the color wash, and it was great fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had so many wonderful students yesterday, and we have a few of that quilt on display actually right now here in the bandstand. So how did you find the class? Did you make some progress? Well, I got the first two rows done. That's a good start. Yeah, that's a very good start. And so many people get about one good row done the first day, but we learn everything we need to be able to make it at home. Uh, You did such a great job. So what is your favorite part about this Festival of Quilts? Well, seeing old friends, for one thing, and there's six over 600 quilts here today, so there's lots of eye candy, and of course the Merchant Mall. Yeah, and there are quilts in buildings, there are quilts outside on display. It is a gorgeous weather day today, we're so lucky. I brought my hat and sunglasses for when I'm roaming around, and so it is so nice to see you again. Thank you for taking my class yesterday, and I really hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks, Brandy, and thanks for coming to our festival. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Okay, so we are here at the bandstand, which I keep calling the grandstand for some reason, but it's the bandstand at Heritage Park for the Festival of Quilts, and we have a guest in the podcast booth kind of thing. So what is your name? I'm Louise Lagrange, and I'm from South Africa. South Africa, you have come a long way. So do you have someone special here that you're visiting? My daughter lives in Airdrie. In Airdrie, Alberta. Okay. And so it's so lovely that you came out to the Festival of Quilts. So what has been your favorite part of the show so far? I just love being able to be outside and not cluttered in a hall where there's rain and and whatever, you know, you can do it outside in nature and see all these beautiful quilts and the inspiration that you get from these quilts and speaking to the people and everybody's humble and everybody's so helpful. Oh, that's so lovely. So you're a quilter yourself? Yes, I am. And what type of quilting do you love to do? A more traditional one than the innovation one or the modern quilts or things like that. I really prefer the traditional quilting. So this is the first day of the show. And so I know you've just been wandering a bit. Well, what has been your favorite part so far? Oh, we haven't seen many yet, but we saw the one in that other house. Karen King's Queen. We went there. It was very inspiring and I can't wait to see all the other exhibitions. Yes. Yeah, so that is so wonderful. Karen King is the quilter of yes. distinction, of yes. course, at the Festival of Quilts yes. show in Heritage Park. And yeah, she has a lovely display on. Yes. So if you are at the show, please come by and stop by and say hello. Get yourself on the podcast. Before we go, I want to make sure I have, where are you from in South Africa? I am from Pretoria, oh, okay. uh, uh, or they call it Swane now, but it's it's Pretoria, the old Pretoria, uh, capital of South Africa. Okay, so nice to meet you, Louise. Thank, Thank you, you so much, much for stopping by. Thank you. Okay, so we are here right now with someone who has been involved in the park for quite some time. So tell me your name. Trudy Cowan. Now, I understand, Trudy, that you are involved in a very special building in this park. 
and you can hear the train in the background that's totally fine um, so tell me about the synagogue the little synagogue on the prairie it's a 1916 little wooden building that was built um, out on the prairie near the Saskatchewan border um, by a group of Jewish homesteaders that had been allowed to come to Canada, a limited number. And uh, after a few years, they finally uh, were able to, to get together and build this little building. It's, it's like a one-room schoolhouse because that's all the builders in that area knew how to build other than their own homes. Yeah, and walking around Heritage Park, we can see all the buildings are brought here and built and, you know, recreated in their original form. But how were you instrumental in getting that building here? Well, we had realized that there were a lot of the buildings that told the stories of the variety of cultures um, and people from different parts of the world that had come to Canada. And uh, we knew, many of us were part of the Jewish Historical Society of Southern Alberta, we knew that this building, we were pretty sure anyway, that it still existed. Mm -hmm. It had been moved, um, it was now in the town of Hannah, it had been a home for generations, but it was still there and basically it was intact. Yeah. Well, it's so nice to have it here, and people can walk through, and there will be someone in there interpreting and telling the story of the building, right? That's right, telling the story. Yeah. Telling the story of the building, telling the story of the the Jewish history in Alberta, um, along with there's Catholic history and, and Chinese history, and everybody that was part of this marvelous province. Yeah. And I also understand you've been involved in the show for quite some time as a volunteer, but can you tell us a couple years ago you were chosen as the quilter of distinction. So tell us about that. I was. This it was it was really very exciting. Um, I've been quilting since I guess 2006. Um, and so this is 2017 that uh, I was given that honor, and it was very exciting. When we put a quilt or two quilts or even five quilts into a show, mm -hmm. that's one thing. But to have a whole room that shows from the beginning to what you're doing now, that's exciting. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, and how did it feel? So was it in the woodworking building over there? No, um, it? it was in the Canmore Opera House. Okay. Um, the, this year's is a wonderful show. It's in a place with lots of windows. Um, but that was cozy. Uh, there was room for a big queen size, and there was room for the first iterations of the Little Grey Mouse book quilts. Oh. They weren't even finished but we showed a very few of them as a yeah. just an ahead of time to show what I was working on. Yeah, and that is a perfect little segue into what I want to talk about next because I am a children's book writer and I you know. have given me a copy of your book. So tell me all about your book. The Little Grey Mouse, A Fable in Fabric. Well, I belong to a guild called The Quilted Mouse and we saw at one point many years ago, so about 2014, someone brought in a book that a quilter had done that you could 
quilt the images. There were the, the drawings at the back and what have you. And everyone said, we have to do a book about a mouse. Yeah. Well, I have this brain that gets stuck on things. Yeah. And I went home and I started to write a story about this poor, sad little mouse, because she's gray and her house is gray, and she really loves color. When she goes outside, there's color, and, and you know. And it, so, this is the story of her search for color. And guess where she finds it? Fabrics. And she makes herself a quilt. And the last picture, and they're all illustrated with my quilts, because the group when I took this little beginnings of a story and in fact it's all in rhyming verse so that's yeah. fun too they all said okay go do it there was no more we yeah, yeah. so um little gray mouse and i go and do trunk shows and little gray mouse and i do workshops on how to make your quilts illustrate the story i mean every quilt has a story of course but sometimes the viewer doesn't see it yeah. And so we want the quilts to tell the story, to illustrate the story. And that's a whole different thing. So everybody brings a little story yeah. to the workshop. Oh, so wonderful. So if we have listeners who are listening to the podcast right now and they're thinking, oh, I want a copy of your book, or I would love to have you come and do a trunk show for my guild or something, how can they get a hold of you? Cowan T. at Shaw.ca. That's the easiest way. I don't have a website, but I am on Facebook, um, Trudy Cowan Art Quilting. But uh, just send me an email. Yeah, they can find you. Well, thank you so much, Trudy, for being a part of the show. It was such a pleasure to meet you today. And it was a pleasure to hear your talk the other night. I really appreciated a lot of what you had to say. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay, so I have Lana Butcher here from Quilts of Valor, and I'm very excited to have you here because we are sitting amidst a Quilt of Valor display. So can you tell us a little bit about Quilts of Valor? Quilts of Valor started in 2006 in, Le- in Edmonton with Leslie Zawal. She was a local quilter who saw a newscast showing three of our Canadian Armed Forces members recovering in hospital, and her thought, why don't they have quilts? Since 2006, across Canada, 20,917 quilts have now been presented. And all of these quilts are different. They're all made with respect and appreciation for our veteran service or our active duty personnel service. Wow, and so almost 21,000 quilts have been made since the inception of this program. And it's been happening over a decade. And so, can you tell us, Lana, what is it about Quilts of Valor personally for you that makes you be a volunteer? We wouldn't have the life we have if it wasn't for our veterans and our active duty personnel. And so if we can make a thank you from us, we call it wrapping them in a warm hug of thanks. If we can make them a thank you to show that they are appreciated, what they were there for, what they did, it really doesn't matter what their position was. It all has to come together to make a whole. So they're very important to us. Yeah, so heartwarming. And I want to end this with a little story because several years ago, five or six years ago, I had the honor of volunteering for Quilts of Valor, helping them with their social media. And so I was able to listen in to some of the meetings. And back then we didn't do Zoom, we did it by phone. And I was able to listen into their meetings and one of the members of the board or the committee 
would read the cards and the letters from the people who received quilts, the Canadian Armed Forces members who received a quilt of valor. And I remember this one card that was read. I was so glad that it was a telephone thing because tears were streaming down my face. That all the card said was, this quilt saves my life every day. And I just, you know, I can't even, I share that story over and over and over again because if you make a quilt of valor, you get much more than you give. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Lana. I really appreciate you being here today. And please, if you're listening in right now, come on up and take a look at these glorious quilts. Thank you so much. I appreciate all your support as well. Take good care. Thank you. Sitting in the bandstand and interviewing quilters was so much fun. But before we go on to talking to some of the volunteers and organizers and everyone that was working at the quilt show, I want to talk a little bit about the show itself. So first of all, I want to give a great mention to the sponsors of the Heritage Park uh, Festival of Quilts. So the sponsors for the entire show are Along Came Quilting, My Sewing Room, and out of hand quilting and fabrics. And there were so many things that were happening at this show. I just want to mention a few of the really fun things in case you're thinking of coming to this show next year. So there was a full area in the vendor mall for kids crafts. There are so many volunteers and organizers involved. I'm sure that you're going to hear some of those interviews coming up right away. But there's also a special exhibit by the quilter of distinction, Karen King, and her display it was amazing on the Saturday. We got to hear a little bit about those quilts and we did a walk around and took a look close up. So that was really fun. And then there's all kinds of special exhibits at the quilt show as well. So some of the exhibits were stitches in time, which were like a whole series of vintage sewing machines, including children's toys, which were really cool. There was also a display called orange and white. There was another display called trees. And then there's group displays from past year's workshops, long arm groups, guild challenges, quilts of valor, Victoria's quilts, and even the 4-H sewing club. It's a really great quilt festival worth traveling to if you want to have a lovely spring weekend in Calgary. Now, before we get back to some of the interviews with the volunteers and the vendors, I'm just going to do a quick commercial because I would love it if you came with me to England and Wales. Next up, the Festival of Quilts Birmingham trip is a go. Travelers are booking their flights and we start our tour of England and Wales on my birthday, July 25th in London. There are spots left, so if you need to check this one off your bucket list, call Judy from Opulent Quilt Journeys at 1-877-235-3767 to book your trip today. Now let's have a listen to some of the vendors at Heritage Park and some of the volunteers and organizers of the Festival of Quilts in Calgary. Okay, so I am here at the information booth at the Festival of Quilts Heritage Park in Calgary and I'm chatting with... Kathy Seaman. Okay, and you're at the information booth. So can you tell me a little bit about this really cool block kit program that you have going on every year? Absolutely. So we do a block kit challenge every year and we have a sponsor for it. We sell the kits for $7 and people return the kits by July 31st and we judge them. First prize is $50 and on down to fourth prize. Then we put them together as a whole big quilt and raffle it off two years later. 
Well, that is, sounds really fun. And I was interviewing a quilter earlier today, and she was saying that she was so excited because her block from last year was fourth place. And so that means it was in a quilt, and she was excited to go find the quilt. So these are the quilts on display today from last year's yes. blocks? Yes, so Be Happy Behind You yeah. is last year's blocks. The quilts we're raffling off this year is classic black and white, and it's 2021's quilts from the block challenge. Yeah, okay, so if you're in the Calgary area and you are a quilter and you're interested in getting involved with this for next year, you can't do it this year. It disappears on Saturday, it's right? It's sold. It's sold out. And so next year, if you come to the show, you want to come on the first day early in the morning so you can get your block, right? Absolutely. Next year's, or this year's block that we sold was birds and or their houses, which should be beautiful when it's put together. Yeah, that should be a really nice Next year, thing. I don't know what the... Don't know what it is yet? Or not is yet. it a secret and you're just not telling me? No, I just don't know yet. <laughs> no, okay, that's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing a bit of the story today, and I hope you have a great show. Thank you. We are having a great show. Great. Thanks. Okay, so I am here in a lovely booth. It's called Bloomin' Inn, and the display is gorgeous. There's some vintage suitcases and a little vintage bed frame and everything. So can you tell me your name? I'm Colleen Casey Sear, and my husband and I run the Bloomin' Inn in Pincher Creek. Yeah, and your setup here is so adorable. You even have a book full of pictures of your retreat property. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do at the Bloomin' Inn? We do retreats for people who like to quilt and scrapbook or paint or rug hook, anything that women like to do. Yeah, and it sounds like a wonderful idea and location and everything like that. So this is not something that one person can just book. It's for groups, right? Yes. I have had some people come by that say, I just quilt by myself and I have no friends. And I say, <laughs> well, you know, it's fun to bring your friends because nobody comes on a retreat by themselves. Yeah, exactly. It's fun to come as a group or as yeah. a guild or as your church group or your best friends because it's not just about the retreat and it's not just about quilting. It's about having fun with your friends. Yeah, and it's quite a large property and space, right? Mm -hmm. So you have room for quilting and you also have room for lodging. So tell us about the quilting and the lodging and the food. It's a one price gets you all of your quilting space or painting or whatever you like to do because I have an awesome workshop and lots of electrical, lots of tables, chairs, um, shelves to put all your stuff on, lots of plug-ins for your sewing machines and iron boards, etc., etc. Yeah. But I think the funnest part is the food is always good because uh, I'm the cook. But <laughs> everybody loves it because they don't have to do it themselves. Yeah, well, you know if you get good comments about the food that it's good food, right? Yes. And you know, they bring lots, the guests always bring lots of wine and cheese and crackers and vegetable platters and chips and junk food and yeah. everything. And I always wonder if they're even going to eat food but they always do, and they eat all the junk food, drink all the wine, and really have an awesome time when they're there. We've been going for about 30 years now. I see lots of people year after year after year that come down doing whatever they're going to do. But they come because they really like it. Yeah. And a lot of our guests come from Calgary because it's only two hours away. Yeah. So I'm up here at Heritage Park talking about that yeah. to the guests yeah. and to potential guests. Yeah. And that's what I like to do the best too. Yeah, so this sounds so great. So if someone's listening to the podcast right now and they're thinking, oh, I'm not that far from Calgary, or I do have a group of friends I'd like to bring, how many numbers of people can you accommodate? 
We have 17 guest rooms and 52 beds. Wow. So that's the, our maximum numbers. Yeah. But most of our weekends have about 20 to 25 people there. Yeah. And it's various groups. Sometimes it's a guild that'll take every all the space. Sometimes it's just three or four groups of four or five or six girls. Yeah. And they all like to come down there and have a good time. Yeah, well, it sounds so wonderful. So if someone wants to book and have an event on your property, oh, yeah. where can they go online? They can go online to bloominin.com. Okay. And that's our website. And there's contact information on there and everything. And and just have an idea when you want to come before you call. And we have lots of people who book year after year after year, but there's still room for new guests. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for letting me stop by and have you as a little feature on the show. Thank you for coming to talk to me. It's been fun being here at Heritage Park, and I feel like I'm talking to a potential bunch of guests. Oh, absolutely. It sounds like such a wonderful experience. So have a great show. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, so here I am. I am in a booth that has wooden painted barn quilts. So what is your name? Jane Morgan. Jane, it's so nice to meet you. And tell me about your business. So I started um, Quilter's Palette about three years ago when I decided kind of to marry the two things I love, which was quilting, which I've done for 40 years, and painting and woodworking, which I've kind of dabbled in the last 10 years. Yeah. So what kind of services do you offer here? So um, I offer both custom pieces. So I will take orders from customers where they select their block and their colors, and I create it for them any size up to, I've done 10 foot by 10 foot barn quilts. And I also offer classes, which everyone can attend. There's no um, quilting skills, no painting skills required. And I provide everything you need to take you right from the beginning to hanging your final product outside. Oh, nice. So do you offer classes online or in person where it's you live? in person. Yeah. And I do them both in my home studio in Pritis, which is just outside of Calgary. But I travel as well. I've been traveling most of Alberta. And this year I'm also venturing into BC into Invermere and Dawson Creek in the fall. Yeah, and I was so delighted that you knew who I was when I <laughs> walked up. Do you listen to the podcast? I, I haven't, but I see you everywhere and I do follow you. And um, yeah, so it's been... That is so sweet. Well, let's feature your business a little bit here. So if people are listening right now and they're thinking painting on wood and having a quilt block somewhere in my home or outside my home is such a great idea, mm -hmm. where can they find you online? So I'm at uh, Quilters Palette Canada on Instagram okay. and on Facebook, it's Quilters Palette Alberta, I believe. Yeah. But if you just Google Quilters Palette, you'll find my website as well, and then all the links to my social. Great, and that's QuiltersPalette.ca, right? Yes, that's correct. Well, it's been a delight to meet you. Nice Thank you so you much for well. sharing part of your story. Thank you. Okay, so I am here in a lovely little booth at the Heritage Park at the Festival of Quilts in Calgary, and this shop is called Vintage Sewing to Bless Gift Shop. So what is your name? And then tell me a little bit about the name of the shop. My name is Susan Friesen, and the shop's name uh, comes from the fact that I was sewing at home, and I gave my gifts that I sewed away. Yeah. I wanted to bless others, so I came up with this name for the shop, Sewing to Bless, so it would continue on. Yeah, and so your booth is adorable. It has a lovely vintage aesthetic. So what are you really excited about featuring this year at the show? Have there been people coming into your booth and being excited about certain things? They love my fabrics. They love the variety of the fabrics that I have. Yeah. And 
They also love my prices. They said I had great value for the price, yeah. and they love the quilts that are displayed. Um, they like the fact that my shop offers uh, quilting classes. And where is your shop located? Oh, it's located in Airdrie. Oh, Airdrie, Alberta. Okay. Just off Main Street. And also earlier we were talking a little bit about your thread selection. So you have a great thread selection as well? We have a great thread selection. That's one of my features in the shop because um, there's a lot of shops in Airdrie that's not carrying these types of threads and one of them is Madeira. Yeah. And they're great quality threads, they're great colors, yeah. Um, yeah. they're great to work with. Yeah. And I have other threads as well, like industrial threads if you use an industrial sewing machine. Where can people find you if they want to find you on social media? Facebook. Facebook, okay. And what's your Facebook sort of handle or name? It's just Sewing to Bless. Sewing to Bless. Okay, yes. well, it was, it was a delight to have you on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your story with me today. Thank you so much. I am here in a gorgeous booth. There's all kinds of beautiful quilts on the walls. The products are amazing. And there's all these adorable animals intertwined into the display. I'm just loving it. So this is the Sugar Pine Company. And what is your name? I'm Dean Murphy. It's uh, my wife, Leah, and myself yeah. are, run the shop in Canmore, yeah. which is just outside Banff National Park. So right in the mountains, Canadian Rockies, a beautiful yeah. destination. We are very happy to be at the show this year. We have lots of new quilts, lots of bright fabrics, yeah. um, some batiks in particular, a couple projects that have strictly batik fabrics that people yeah. have been excited about. Yeah, and I love your shop. I've been in your shop several times, and it's Good. two floors of glorious quilting supplies. Yes. Um, and one thing I've always thought you were known for was all these beautiful pictorial quilts all throughout your yes. shop. So tell me a little bit about those. So we have, of course, in the mountains, the scenery is a big appeal to yeah. people. So we have a couple of designers that are specialists at doing feature quilts. So uh, different mountain scenes from the area. And then if we ever do um, a repeating project ourselves, we work in the Three Sisters, which is Canmore's trademark mountain. Oh, nice. Okay, so, and if you're ever driving through Canmore, it's really important to stop by Sugar Pine, the Sugar Pine Company. Yes. Um, can you tell us, if people are listening right now to the podcast, where can they find you online? Uh, we have a website with a lot of our product, uh, the fabric, knitting as well, uh, some of the giftware that we have in the shop. It's uh, www.thesugarpine.com. Thank you so much All for right. letting me chat with you oh, today sure, and telling me a little bit about your story. Appreciate you stopping by. Okay, I have come across this wonderful booth with Stephanie and Scott. So tell me the name, your full name and your business. My name's Stephanie Wilson and we own the Jelly Roll Shop. I own it along with my husband, Scott. Yeah, and your booth is beautiful. It's a gigantic booth. It's covered in quilts and you have lots of wonderful products. So tell me a little bit about your business. What are you offering here today? So today we're featuring a lot of Riley Blake products, including the Sense and Sensibility kit, along with her matching wide back. Yeah, well, it's lovely. And all there's all kinds of little eye candy all the way through your shop. What is one thing that you're really excited about featuring this year at the show? My favorite thing is definitely our Lori Holt Notions. Oh, okay, wonderful. And if people are listening right now, um, where is Jelly Roll Shop located in Alberta? So we're northwest of Calgary, two hours just slightly south of Pigeon Lake in a community called Fallen. Fallen, okay. So Fallen, Alberta. And if people are listening and they want to find your shop online, where can they go? Jellyrollshop.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for telling us a part of your story today. Thank you. 
Okay, so I am here in a booth. It says M and K quilting, and this is a a glorious display of machine quilting. So, what is your name? Ken. Ken. Yes. Okay, and what is your wife's name? Michelle. Michelle. Yep. So it's the two of you, obviously, that yep. stands for M and K. Husband and wife team. So it's mm -hmm. a family business. So tell me a little bit about what you do. We we take people's quilts, tops and they bring them in and we we kind of have a little consult and stuff like that get to know them a little bit and uh you know everyone has a different personality so we have to, we like to kind of just quilt according to people's personalities and uh we take the tops we'll, we'll match them up with some thread colors and some patterns we go through all the process with them um we have batting available too so and then uh, they bring their backing and all these three parts and we the, the part that we do is stitch everything together and then we we do whatever like we we do a lot of consulting so so people can get kind of a we get a really good idea of what people would like to see and then we kind of work with that and, and make it more personal yeah so, that's yeah. Nice. yeah so you might you probably get a mix of people who say i really was hoping for a certain type of design do you ever get any people who are just like you're the expert just do whatever you want oh yeah lots yeah, yeah. we get a lot of that yeah they're yeah. fabulous yeah we yeah. have a lot of clients that just come in and say we'll pick it up when it's ready yeah yeah and it's nice because that trust is really nice to have now i have a really inquisitive type of mind as someone who asks a lot of questions so i'm going to pop this one on you do you have a tip or two for a quilter who's thinking they might want to bring their quilt top to a long arm quilter for the first time like how can they prepare their quilt well or what is something you think would be a good idea for them to do to get ready for the first time well, so bring your top, bring your, your batting and bring your backing with you and be sure the backing is a little, um, about four inches bigger all the way around to, just because it fits on our machines better. Yeah. And then once you have these three components, come in and, and the very first thing we'll do is we'll just get to know you a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And, we'll, and we'll, we'll find out what you like and the kinds of things you want to do. And there's no obligation. You just come in and we just talk about things. And then we'll find out then. And if you want to leave your quote with us, that's yeah. fine if you... If you don't, so that's basically the process of it. So to, just to be ready, just to have those three components ready, yeah. and, and then we'll go from there. We have everything else available, so it yeah. it's, makes it easier that way for me. And do you do the whole range? Like, do you do edge to edge computerized as well as yeah. Oh, yeah. you know custom? Yep. Yeah, everything. Yeah, my wife does most of the edge to edge. I do all the custom stuff, yeah. and then we do have a computer available. So if you if you want that option, we also have that. Yeah. So we just got that recently last year. Oh, so yeah, so great. No, and if yeah. if someone is getting their um, quilt long arm quilted for the first time, is there also like a binding service that you do? Uh, we or do. Do they bind their own? They they can bind their own, or we have that option. Yeah. Michelle loves doing bindings. So. Yeah, yeah, that is so great. Okay, well, let's just talk about your business for a second. So, where can we find you online if someone's thinking of using you? Online, we don't have a actual uh, website. We we feel we don't need one, but yeah. we do have Facebook okay. and Instagram. We're on both. Okay. So that's mostly where people find us. We have a few cards around the city and some of the uh, quilt shops around town, like Along Came Quilting is one of them. Around Calgary, yeah. Right around Calgary, yeah. So if you want to go there, you can connect there, or you just give us a call, or come to one of these shows, like yeah. Heritage Park, yeah. and we're all, we're here every year, so you can come and see us there. Okay, and on yeah. Facebook or Instagram, are you M and K Quilting? We are M and K Quilting, yeah. You, okay. So you have to look for the one that says Calgary, because Calgary. there's a few M and Ks in the States and stuff like that, but oh, we're the one in Calgary. Yeah, well, thank you for letting me stop by and sharing a little bit of your story today. No problem at all. My name is Kelly. Uh, I'm an event coordinator at Heritage Park. 
Okay, so that sounds like a really big deal. You are the event coordinator for this show, this quilt show. So can you tell me a little bit about the logistics of what goes into a quilt show at Heritage Park outdoors? For sure. We start planning. I mean, we start planning before the festival ends kind of for next year for the big things, but we start really focusing in September um, of the year prior if we haven't already thought of our special guest speaker. Um, usually our special displays are decided in June, but we start in September to think about those big details um, and then little nitty gritty details that we need. We like to have our workshops out in December um, and a newsletter by November. So looking ahead to May, we, we start planning the year before. Yeah, and you, I have to say, being the teacher and speaker, that you guys are treating me like royalty. It has been so much fun for me. Uh, but you did such a great job of the marketing and the advertising. My workshops were full, my lecture was full, and it was so delightful. So can you tell me a little bit about the volunteers at the show? For sure. We, I mean, we have volunteers that start on the committee in September, so they log I don't even know how many hours um, to do this festival before the festival even starts. But leading up to it, we start on Tuesday with the quilt taken. So it's kind of seven days of quilting and volunteers. Um, so that's about 10 to 15 a day for all the setup. And then on the weekend to actually get the show going and the quilts, we have about 100 volunteers, including the committee, on park each day. Wow, wow. that is a lot. And so can you tell us a little bit about your specific role? For sure. I kind of call myself the facilitator, so I'm trying to make sure that everything um, that the committee needs in order to put up the show for the display is available and coordinated with our grounds team. At the park we have so many different departments. We have grounds, housekeeping, banquets, the warehouse, the retail side of things, the front gate, um, and every department has to come together to make sure that we have the pieces in place to put on the show. So I know I'm missing departments even speaking there, there's finance and everything, so I'm just making sure that every department knows what we're planning to do. Interpretation, they got to know when we're in the houses, curatorial has to know when to get those artifacts out of the way of the quilts. Um, and to make sure that we're not breaking anything. So that's kind of my role is to make sure all the pieces for the quilting isn't going to interrupt and will be coordinated with, yeah. with the rest of the park. Now, I was saying a little earlier on the podcast that I was so astonished end of first day that the quilts had literally disappeared. And then the next morning they were all out again. So can you tell us a little bit about the logistics of setup and takedown of the actual quilts? Sure. So the first stop is starting with the equipment. Um, so we have a committee member who makes sure we have all the equipment, all the different types of racking that we use, the ropes that we use, um, everything is in place. And so then she coordinates the volunteers that are needed to man that. So then they discuss what quilts are going there, the size, how many volunteers for each space. Um, and then the committee is has their flow of how the quilts come down. So it is very organized. We have ladders stashed everywhere, bags with bins and everything. So those come down and put away for the next year. So last night we were done in an hour. Yeah. And then tonight we're going to be done in three hours and have the quilts taken down, not only from outside, but the inside ones and taken to the front of the park. So, yeah. wow. Okay. So Sunday, nine-ish PM, how does it feel to, to just have everything done? You're done and you're out. How does that feel? It feels amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say that it has been an absolute honor to be involved in the show, to be treated like royalty, and I have had so much fun. So thank you so much for having me, and congratulations on such an incredible event. Uh, this is one of the uh, rare opportunities I've had to be at an outdoor quilt show. This is actually literally the second outdoor quilt show I've ever been to in my 30 years as a quilter. So I have to say, the quilts are just so much more vibrant and beautiful in the sunshine, and uh, one 
one person on the podcast earlier had said she walked over the hill and there was just a sea of quilts on the field. And so well done. So congratulations. So thank you so much for stopping by today. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. And thank you so much for being here. The committee was so excited to have you here. And I am so excited that you are spending the entire weekend with us. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Thank you for having me. Okay, so we have another wonderful volunteer and sometimes employee at the park here today. So tell us your name. My name is Daryl Sudeby. Daryl, it is an absolute pleasure to meet you. So let's make, let me ask you first about your role today, and then you can tell us about some of the other things you do in the park. So what were you working on today? Well, this morning at, from 8.30 to 10, I was here helping hang quilts at the uh, Wainwright Hotel. Okay. And then Thank from you. 10 o'clock, I had to get horses ready and got, made a couple practice runs. And uh, from 11 to 12, we hold people around with with horse-drawn wagons. Yeah, and so the horses are such a wonderful visual at Heritage Park. So w where do you take them once they hop on there? Uh, once they're on, we, we're doing the, uh, we call it the Christmas route, but we start from, we load by, by the Wainwright Hotel, come up to the ice cream shop, go past here and around uh, and past the celebration tents uh, at the oil derrick and back toward the roundhouse and, and back by Wainwright Hotel. Yeah, so they get a wonderful view of the buildings and no, of the waterfront, and they also see all the quilts, of course, as well. And we also have wagons that are attached to tractors this year, so tell me about those. That's new this year, yeah. and uh, there was the wagons behind the tractors ha have regular stops. It's like a on-again, on-off bus, and uh, so they, they go around the whole park. They'll go past the ranch, and past the settlement uh, and then come back here on some of the same route that we take with the horses. Yeah. Well, and it's such a great thing to have these people movers around the park yeah, for, yeah. for people with disabilities or well, the elderly or for young children. Yeah, and Sure, there's a lot of walking in this park. You know, yeah. it's, it's pretty good size. And so as people, especially if people age, and I know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can you tell me about some of the other things you've volunteered for over time? Oh, sure. If there's a fundraiser type of gala going on, I am the greeter at oh, the door. I put on my tuxedo or my best clothes yeah. and my bow tie and my top hat and my white gloves. And, yeah. and I greet people at the door. And I understand that you are one of the long-time volunteers at Heritage Park. So how long have you been a volunteer here? Well, I, I think I've been volunteering almost... I, I started driving here at Christmas time in 1996. And I think I started volunteering about the same time. Uh, because my wife was a volunteer. It still is. She's, yeah. she's at the uh, checking people in at the uh, volunteer center down there. Well, I can tell you that I really appreciate what you do. And it is so nice to have a volunteer's perspective of this show. And I understand you've had a bit of an honor. So can you tell me a little bit about how do they appreciate their longtime volunteers around here? Well, one of the ways is uh, that somebody uh, nominates various staff and volunteers the, through Calgary Tourism for White Hat Award and uh, both my wife and I have won White Hats while, while we were here either volunteering or working at the park yeah. and uh, so she has one for volunteering and I have one for customer service for attractions and uh, so I had that and then I was lucky enough that Daryl Jans from CTV interviewed me and as an inspired Albertan which 
I felt pretty proud of you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm in really good company if you listen to some of the other people that are yeah. <laughs> that are in nominated. But uh, it was that that's when I retired five years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? You should be very proud. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. You're welcome. Okay, so here we are with another special guest. So, what is your name? I'm Darlene Hockaday. Darlene Hockaday, it is an absolute pleasure to meet you. And I understand that you have been involved in the Festival of Quilts at Heritage Park from the beginning. So, can you give us a little bit of history how it got started? I absolutely can, yes. I've been a quilter for many, many years. And initially, there was a group called Gathering of the Guilds. And it was a group of smaller guilds that met in a community hall once a year and we displayed quilts and we looked for new members and we showed people what we did and for some reason or other we lost our venue and we missed the idea that there should be a quilt show. One of the ladies who was a member of one of these groups and her husband was a board of directors uh, at Heritage Park suggested that they do a quilt show. So they got a little intrigued and said, well, that's great, but this is going to cost money. And as it turned out, we had a wonderful benefactor who donated $5,000 to get the very first quilt show off and running. So that's basically how we started. Yeah, that is so wonderful. And how do you think that they sort of made the choice to have them in the buildings, on the buildings, and outdoors? Oh, well, this was going to be an outdoor show from the start. Oh, okay. And we had the initial idea was to hang them from the hotel. And it just went off from there. So from there, we went on to clotheslines between the trees, and we went on to uh, the fences, and we went on to clotheslines in the backyards of all the buildings. And so it was just gorgeous. But that first show was the most wonderful thing ever because we'd never seen anything like that yeah. before so it was great fun. Well I have never seen anything like this before. It is the most glorious show. I just love walking through the outdoor quilts. Can you give us an idea of how the Festival of Quilts has changed over time? Probably we are appealing more to the younger quilter these days. Basically when the show started we were very much traditional quilters because that's how we were trained and that's how we learned was from the traditional quilters. I myself learned to, to quilt using nothing but hand piecing. We were not allowed to present anything to our teacher that was machine done until we knew how to hand piece. And that kind of, with the innovation of rotary cutters and rulers and so on, that all changed. And all of a sudden, we got a whole new group of younger people interested in doing quilting as a hobby. And that's the, probably the biggest difference. It's, it's, it's coming along, and it's appealing to younger people now. Yeah, and I just love how over the years you've integrated a teacher and speaker, the quilter of distinction. You have some displays that are just wonderful. So I really love the way that the entire show has come together. Now, I really see you as a mentor for some of the volunteers. Can you just talk a little bit about the volunteers at the show? Oh, well, you, this, was, this is a volunteer-heavy event. You can't do it without the help of all the people who come to put this on together. And, you know, they start at 7 in the morning, and they often go till 7 in the evening. The days are long, but the reward when you are done on Sunday night at 9 o'clock is just absolutely wonderful. You get that feeling. You've just made the day for a lot of people who come to enjoy the quilts of the show. 
Yeah, and I was astonished actually. So the end of day yesterday, we were walking out. It was after 5 p.m. already when I was walking out and the quilts were gone. They were completely gone. I was so surprised. I was like, wow, that take town happened so fast. And this morning when we came back, boom, they were all up again. So I can't even imagine the army of volunteers that makes that happen, but it is absolutely wonderful. So thank you, Darlene, for being such a longtime volunteer and a mentor to the volunteers and for sharing your story with us today. Well, thank you so much. So we are here at Heritage Park and the weather is gorgeous. We are so happy to be here and I have stopped by the train. So what is the name of this train? Uh, it goes by the engine number, which is 2024. 2024. Okay. And what is your name? My name's Ben. And I see that there are a number of wonderful workers on this train. So how many people does it take to run this train? Uh, right now we have five uh, staff members or conductors on, uh, on the train. Okay. And are and you then, a conductor? Yeah. And we also have the fireman and the engineer on the front. A fireman and an engineer. Okay, and this serves the people who are visiting the park. What do you do for the people? Do you take them around the entire park? Yeah, normally we go around uh, the park. We stop at every second station. We have three stations here. So we take them from uh, Shepherd, where we are right now. We'll be going up to Minipore, and then we also stop at Lagan. Oh, and it's so great. And I can see the smiles of the people as they come off the train because it's so fun. How long have you been a volunteer in the park? I've been here for about 14, 15 years. Wow. Well, it's so nice to interview. Thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your day. No problems. Thank you. Have a good day today. Okay, I'm really excited about this topic. We have someone here and we're going to be talking about the costumes at the park. So tell us your name. I'm Jackie Bryson. Okay, and what is your role here at the park? I'm the costume manager. Wow, and so walking around, you can obviously see that there are people in costume, kind of like the period of the times for the building that, that they're in. So tell us how the costumes come about. Uh, well, a lot of research goes into it. The um, sites are also researched. Um, the year is researched, and so we just kind of go on that. Yeah, and it's, it's so great. I actually walked into one of the buildings. Um, I think it was the medical building or the hospital, and she was in full costume, and she was actually talking about the doctor has stepped out, and I'm a little disappointed in him because he's left his bag, and it was just so adorable. So I've been having a lot of fun. But they really look like they were just stepping back in time. So how, how many costumes do you make? Like, have you made them all, and you have the costumes from then on like did they all happen in a year or do you make new costumes every year we have a full working costume room we are continually making costumes we make about 80 percent of them and so as they wear out or sun faded we are constantly making new ones yeah and i guess as there's different hires every year like different people working the different jobs and you have to make a different costume of a smaller size or a bigger size or something like that so when people come in and they're excited to have a job at heritage park what's the process for them to come in and get into costume oh, okay so their manager or their lead hand will send us paperwork and I will call every one of them and ask them to come in for fitting and so I think it's important that they love their costumes, they're comfortable in their costumes and it re represents the time um, fantastically and they're more than happy to do it and their enthusiasm 
rubs off on the costume room. Oh, absolutely. The enthusiasm is very catchy. I have, I was been wandering around. I've been wandering around a bit looking at people in costume and thinking, are any of these people going to want to be interviewed? And I went up to this fellow who had, um, he was in quite a wonderful costume and I, I walked right up to him and he was like, what is that contraption you have? Because he was an inventor. And it was so sweet because he said to the person beside him, uh, he said, this is my sister. And she just rolled her eyes and she said, assistant, not sister. And it was really adorable. But their costumes were incredible. There are literally hundreds of people walking around the park in full costumes. So what are the logistics of getting them all their costumes at the beginning of the season and caring for the costumes throughout the summer? Well, we costume about 600 people and they may be in multiple sites. So they might have a, a trades costume and a town costume. Um, and so it takes about two months to get everybody in costume out the door, back to back fittings every day um, for a couple of months. And uh, yeah, and so they take care of their costumes. They do the laundry of them. And uh, anything that needs to be dry cleaned comes to us and we send that out. Wow, so you actually have to teach them how to care for them as well. That is so wonderful. And then at the end of summer, you don't just have summer events. You don't just have the quilt show. You have other events throughout the year. So what happens at the end of summer? Well, probably in July, the end of July, beginning of August, we start on Halloween. We make uh, we costume about 100 people for Halloween. And um, then when that is done, we are open for four days for Halloween. When that's done, we go right into Christmas. So we don't stop until January. So you must have hundreds of costumes throughout the entire year. Yes, we do. We have lots. So I want to congratulate you on all the wonderful costumes that we see throughout the park. And I, you know, I just think it's such a wonderful thing. And I really appreciate you sharing your story with us today. Well, thank you. It was fun. Okay, great. Now, speaking of costumes, Jackie invited me over to see the costume warehouse where they make, design, build, wash, clean, do everything with all of the costumes. And it was just the coolest thing. So you be sure to check out my Instagram and Facebook feeds to find some photos of that. And right now we will get into our final little interview of the podcast with some of the characters that were actually in costume. Okay, so we are here in Heritage Park, and I have come across some people who live here, I believe. Well, and we just arrived. You yes. just arrived. Okay, yes. and so w what are you doing here today? We are looking for new inventions. New this is my sister, Anna. Hi, it's very nice to meet you. Hi, Anna. <laughs> the Edmonton Industrial Exhibition is tomorrow, Oh. and we are trying to get a patent. Ah. So you cannot attend without a patent. Oh. So we are looking for inventions. We have discovered a new way of beautifying garbage cans. Ah. Uh, well, and, and I'm thinking that the quilt yeah. might be a, a really great invention as well to, to feature at the exhibition. Uh, mm -hmm. Perhaps it could be uh, uh, used for some other function than just uh, keeping us warm. Oh, yes. yes, they will be used for decoration. Oh, decoration. Yes. What a great Did idea. You Can you imagine going from the comfort of using quilts on beds to suddenly using it as art on the wall? We have to think outside yes. the box Yes. if we want to move forward. People are very resourceful, mm -hmm. but sometimes ideas are not always accepted right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Like, I have heard reports that underneath that blanket there is the photophone. 
photophone. It uses, it's crazy. It uses the sun's rays to transport a vocal signal. You, you might see it if you stick around at 10.30. And that is my arch nemesis, Dr. Thomas. Arch nemesis is a little bit harsh. <laughs> we were engaged, but she cut off the wedding. Oh no. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? <laughs> Does she have a competing invention or something? Yes, we are trying to find out what it is, but it's all uh, fabricated. Oh. Look, all fabric all over it. It's all covered in blankets. And right look, now. other people have new inventions in town. The oh, compact yeah. carriage. Oh. Who needs a horse when you can just push this around? <laughs> well, it was an absolute pleasure to meet both of you today. Thank you so much for telling me a little bit about your story. If this recording becomes famous, we would like to have uh, proceeds. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> Newman, it's just about the ah. excitement. It was very nice to meet you too. Thank nice. you. You're welcome. So that was my show about the Festival of Quilts at Heritage Park in Calgary. Now don't go away. I've got all kinds of fun um, thank yous and a few more things to say. But what really surprised me about this show, I had been traveling to Judge in Red Deer and then right on to a quilting cruise to the Caribbean and then just a day or two in between trips and then off to Calgary to teach and speak. The thing that surprised me was that the volunteer who was in charge of the programs and me as the person delivering the programs treated me with such kindness, respect, care. She made me realize that I have not been keeping self-care top of mind. When they gave me two hours of downtime in between my workshop and lecture, I took a nap, I took a bath, I got all dressed nice, I reviewed my slides. I was so comfortable and ready for my trunk show and it really went well. My trunk show is an all-new version that includes five life lessons, and one of those lessons is care for yourself first. And here I was booking trip after trip with hardly a break in between. So Norma, thanks for the reminder to care for myself first. When my cup is overflowing, then I can care for others. And speaking of thank yous, the committee, wow, it was incredible to see the logistics of such a huge quilt show with over 600 quilts go up and down Saturday and then all over again on Sunday. It's remarkable and a massive amount of work and they did a great job. I'm going to rattle off the names here. You know who you are, ladies. Thank you for having me and job well done. We have Janet and Sharon, Peggy, Elaine, Karen, Sharon, Sonia, Cindy, Alexa, Misty, Beverly, Kathy, Marion, Jane, and Norma. And a special thank you to Norma Christie, because we were kind of attached at the hip for a few days, weren't we? Congratulations on such a lovely placement of your quilt featured front and center on the hotel and on your last year as a volunteer. I was deeply honored to be the teacher and speaker you chose to roll out your last year on the committee. Deeply honored. You made this experience one of the most memorable events of my quilting career. And I kind of feel like we'll have to make a nice cup of tea our special thing now every time I pass through Calgary. Now, there are some really great reasons to consider attending this quilt show at Heritage Park next year. 
First, your daily admission gets you everything except purchases in the stores. You can hop on the steam train, take a boat ride, and visit the amusement park. It's a fun day for the whole family, plus a quilt show. But get ready for next year because 2024 is the Diamond Jubilee or 60th anniversary of Heritage Park. The 28th Annual Festival of Quilts will take part in the Diamond Jubilee with some special displays, including one that features diamond quilts. Oh, and one more thing. Grab a friend and book your summer holiday with me. This small group tour that I'm doing this summer to England and Wales caters to your every need and you won't get lost in the shuffle. This is such a wonderful sightseeing holiday ending with the Festival of Quilts, and I'd love to have you join me. There are spots left, so book your holiday today by calling Judy at Opulent Quilt Journeys, 1-877-235-3767. Thank you for listening to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the Quilter on Fire.